Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. In about the mid nineteen eighties, BMX fever swept through my circle of friends hard. I guess it was kind of hitting everyone in America at that point. But with my friends, we all had our bikes. We were part of a little group of bike people who rode together. And BMX and freestyle became things that we all aspired to. I mean, we were all horrible at these things. None of us would ever do anything cool. But we liked the idea of them. And we would attempt to do little tricks. We would attempt to race each other. I almost took this to a different level when I would visit my grandmother. She had a BMX track near her home, and we would walk by it on the way to the AMP, which is a supermarket that I guess is now going out of business, or the White Castle, which is a burger place if you've never eaten there. It's wonderful. So we would go by this, and I would express my love for riding my bike, which was never at my grandmother's. I could never bring it up there. And my grandmother thought that was pretty cute, and she would watch the people race. Well, one day I went to her house, and she had a gift for me. It was a white helmet. A helmet for riding my bike. She had bought it used from a guy at the BMX racetrack. I don't know what she paid, but it was scuffed. And it had this sort of red pinstriping around it. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And I guess more annoyingly, I wanted to tell everyone how great it was. And so when I brought it home, and we did anything... For months, I wore this helmet, just for stupid things, like, we're gonna go to the store. Hold on, I need to get my helmet. I guess, maybe I had this coming, I'm not so sure. But, one day, I went out to my bike to get it, and my helmet was gone. Now, I would hang it on the handlebar of my bicycle, it was always there. I thought it was weird that somebody would steal my helmet, and not my bike. I would find out many years later, from a friend of mine, and we were joking, and he let it slip that... He couldn't believe when another friend of mine had taken the helmet and thrown it into the river. Now, let me tell you something. We have this river running through my town. I can't tell you how many of my things over the years were thrown into this stupid river. You would think I would hold a grudge against the river, or even my friends, but, you know, kids are kids. So somewhere in the depths of a New Jersey river lies the most beautiful and perfect BMX helmet, and I'm sure if I had held on to it for just a couple of more months, it would have kick-started my BMX career. Instead, I just kept practicing my wheelies, saving up for pegs, which I can never really utilize to any extent, and of course, watching the quintessential BMX movie, Rad. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about on today's show. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk a little bit about the plot, the reception of this wonderful film, the soundtrack, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Rad is a 1986 film about BMX bike racing. It was written by Jeffrey Edwards and Sam Bernard and directed by Hal Needham. A little bit about the great Hal Needham. He was a director, writer, and producer. Hal Brett Needham was born March 6, 1931, passed away on October 25, 2013. He was a stuntman first, then became a great film director. A lot of my favorite movies from a kid were directed by him, including Smokey and the Bandit and The Cannonball Run. Needham started off as a stuntman, and he was a stunt double for the actor Richard Boone on the TV western Have Gun, Will Travel. And he quickly rose through the ranks of stuntmen in Hollywood in the 1960s. Eventually, he would start doubling for Burt Reynolds and becoming his friend, and all the while honing not only his stunt coordinating skills, but also directing second unit work on films. Reynolds and Needham were such good friends that Needham lived in Burt Reynolds' guest house for over a decade. Eventually, Needham would form his own stunt company and write a screenplay. That screenplay was Smokey and the Bandit. Needham approached Burt Reynolds, who agreed to star, and allowed Needham to direct it. And the film was a huge hit, and they would work together on The Cannonball Run, Stroke Race, and Hooper. All great films. Another movie that does not get talked about enough is Needham's 1986 effort, Rad. But hopefully we'll help remedy that. The two writers on the script were Sam Bernard. Bernard has a good amount of writing credits. Rad in 1986. Then he did some TV work and some mixed movie work, including Warlock, The Armageddon, and on TV, Matlock and Jake and the Fat Man. The other writer was Jeffrey Edwards. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's the son of Blake Edwards, famous Blake Edwards, who was associated with the Pink Panther. And he would work on The Trail of the Pink Panther in 1982 and The Curse of the Pink Panther in 1983. If you were a Star Trek fan, he was also married to Tasha Yar, better known as Denise Crosby. They got divorced in 1990. Now, if you're watching Rad for the first time, you might note that things don't look quite, I want to say, American in it. And that's because the film was shot in Alberta, Canada, in two places, Calgary and Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. The original title of the film wasn't going to be Rad, which is a shame that they would even consider another name because Rad is such a perfect name for this movie. And it really captures the zeitgeist of BMX. Originally, it was called Balls Out. And in the movie, one of the characters just inexplicably tells the main character to go balls out, a reference to the title of the film, which wasn't the title of the film. It would have been cooler if, I guess he would have said, be rad or something, but I guess that would have been weird. It still feels very weird, but once you realize that that was supposed to be the title of the film, not so weird, I guess. I mean, I kind of wish that they had kept that name now that I think about it. Just now you'll notice there's a lot of great stunts in this film. Of course, Needham knows his stunts, and they did some pretty crazy stuff. And in fact, there were people injured, including Rick Malaterno, who broke his leg during the film. And you actually see him in the film, and he gets his cast signed by the main character, Crew. And I can't even imagine how more people didn't get hurt. I guess they would have in the film. We'll talk a little bit about the plot next. These people are racing on something called Hell Track. And at the start of Hell Track, there's this ramp that's almost this vertical drop. And it was much bigger than what we even see in the film, which is a 25-foot high version of it. They cut that down from some huge amount. I imagine we would have had just bodies at the bottom of the wall. Either way, it's really cool to see people go down a 25-foot 
almost vertical drop on a BMX bike each time they come around. The dangers of hill track. After these messages, we'll be right back. Give me some fun in the blazing sun. Give me a friend or two. And when my first is not at its worst, give me a mountain dew. Do it, do it, mountain dew. Do it, do it, cool and smooth. When I got a thirst, you run diluted. Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Octoroks, Tech Tikes, Levers too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link, yeah, get some. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold separately. And now, back to the show. Now a little bit about the plot of the film. The movie is about Crew Jones, played by Bill Allen, who is a 17-year-old kid who excels at riding bikes. And he lives in a small town with his mother and sister. His mother is played by the amazing actress Talia Shire. Now, this race comes to town. And this town is crazy about racing. Crazier than any town has a right to be. So they're going to build this thing called Hell Track. And Crew thinks, well, this is what I'm really good at, but it's the same day as his SATs. And one of the big subplots in the movie is, should I disobey my mother, not take the SATs, and instead ride Hell Track? Which I always found a little confusing that it was that tense, because if it really was that important, he could reschedule the SATs or find another place that's giving them on a different day. Are all the SATs in the world all done on the same day everywhere? Things I just don't know. The thing is, it won't matter. If he wins Helltrack, he will get a huge sponsorship deal and fame, and he chooses that, and his mom's really mad at him. Of course, they make up later, so it's all good. Meanwhile, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on because Team Mongoose comes to town, and that's run by Duke Best, played by Jack Weston. There's a lot of good names in this movie. And they want to have a local in the race, but the problem is that Duke's biggest rider, Bart Taylor, played by Olympic gymnast Bart Connor, can't lose, or these millions of dollars worth of BMX licensed material will be worthless. So Duke starts to change the rules of Helltrack to keep Crew down. Meanwhile, Crew meets Christian Holland, played by Laurie Laughlin, and they have a romance, a very bike-related romance, and they need to come up with sponsors, and Mr. Timmer, played by Ray Walston, who's there to make money at first, but then realizes he doesn't want to be all that bad a guy, eventually decides to back Crew and his rad racing t-shirts so that Crew gets to race Bart in the end. Who's going to win? Will it be like Rocky where it's just the effort, or will Crew triumph in the end? Oh, I should also mention that there are these two twins in the film, the Reynolds twins, who are just the best thing in the world. I'll talk a little bit about them later, but they are amazing to behold. Their sarcastic attitude, their crazy outfits that are actually taken off the set of the television series V. So these really look like alien uniforms and they wear them to this dance. 
And that's not even the weirdest thing at the dance. If you haven't seen this dance that is choreographed BMX dancing set to Send Me an Angel, you have not lived. That is worth the price. If you watch one thing today, if you do not watch Rad ever, just go into YouTube or any other thing and type in Dance Sequence Rad and your life will be better. Case closed. His name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. The world would be a lot better off without kids. We're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held, Track. This is a very important race. The very finest riders in the country are here riding for some $100,000. Hell track in this big town. They've got to be kidding. This is a joke. I really think I can get this one. I think I've got a chance. I don't want to hear any more about it. Everyone's on his case. Get that. The paper boy thinks he's a pro. He's nothing next to Bart Taylor. He's got the style. There's something about the way you ride so naturally. And he's going to prove it. I've never seen this raw determination and talent. What did? Against the factory hotshots. Looks like the local yokel's gonna race after all. It's gonna take a miracle to beat this guy. Against the big money fixers. All you have to do is take out that kid. Against impossible odds. You're scared now? This guy doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. He's going for it all. Rad. So a little bit about the cast of Rad. You had Bill Allen as Crew Jones. William Lawrence Allen was born in 1962 in Wichita, Kansas. He's probably best known for his role as Crew Jones. But he also had some other small roles. The character of Crew is very, very loosely based off of Eddie Fiola, who did actually all of Bill Allen's stunts in the movie. And when Needham was casting this, he had a couple of talented people to choose from. But he had seen Bill Allen on an episode of Hill Street Blues and thought, oh, he was pretty good on that. Let's cast him. I thought that he always kind of looked a little old. He was only 19 when they filmed this, and he was playing a 17-year-old, which isn't all that bad. Laurie Laughlin played Christian. Laurie Laughlin was born in 1964. She's an actress and model, probably best known for her work on the TV show Full House, which is coming back soon on Netflix as Fuller House, and I think she's joining that cast. On that, she played Rebecca Donaldson Katsopoulos, Uncle Jesse's love interest. They also did a spinoff of Beverly Hills 90210 that she was a part of. Talia Shire played Crew Jones's mother, Mrs. Jones. Talia Shire had two iconic roles, one as Connie Corleone in the Godfather films, and the second as Adrian Balboa in the Rocky series. Playing Crew's little sister is Laura Jacoby. She's born in 1974, probably best known for her work in Rad. She also did some work in Valley Girl and some voice work for Uncle Buck. Ray Walston played Burton Timmer. Herman Raymond Ray Walston was born in 1914, passed away in 2001. Actor, probably best known for well, a bunch of things, but he was in the TV show My Favorite Martian, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Picket Fences, The Sting, and a whole bunch of other things. Alfie Wise played Elliot Dole. Alfie Wise was born in 1943. Friends with Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham appears in almost everything that Burt Reynolds was in, especially in the 70s, including Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run. Jack Weston played Duke Best. Weston was born in 
1924. He passed away in 1996. He was in a very famous episode of The Twilight Zone called The Bard. To modern audiences, he's probably best known for his small work in the movie Dirty Dancing. And of course, in Rad. Bart Connor was played by Bart Taylor. Connor was born in 1958. He's a gold medal winning Olympic gymnast. Didn't work a ton in terms of acting, but once you've done Rad, you really don't have to do much else. Seems like a really nice guy. Married to fellow gymnast Nadia Komenich. Does a lot of charity work. Some great videos of him online talking about his work in Rad and the legacy and popularity of the film and how much he enjoys it even to this day. Ah, the twins. Chad Hayes and Carrie Hayes played Rex and Rod Reynolds. These two twins were born in 1961 in Portland, Oregon, and have gone on to do writing and producing, working on horror films like The Reaping, House of Wax, and The Conjuring. Rounding out the cast, you had Marty Cobra as Becky, Jamie Clark as Luke Owen, Hardboiled Haggerty, H.B. Haggerty as Sergeant Smith, born Don Stanzauk, in 1925, passed away in 2004. H.B. Haggerty was a professional wrestler and eventually an actor. He appeared in TV shows like Adam 12, The Love Boat, Happy Days, Get Smart, The Incredible Hulk, a very big man and a great looking character actor. Really good. After these messages, we'll be right back. Something special seems to happen when you put a kid on a Schwinn BMX. And there's Donnie Atherton. The national BMX champ in position three. Atherton takes a quick lead, followed by Bobby Crow and Jerry Field. For every Schwinn BMX that makes headlines winning a race, thousands of other Schwinns win races you never hear about. Team Murray BMX. It's real bicycle motocross, and motocross is no play toys. Team Murray bikes are built for dirt track riding with reinforced frame and BMX front fork. The longer pedal cranks give you more power in the curves, and it's easy to change sprockets with the adjustable rear wheel clip. If you race the dirt track, ride a Murray BMX. Built Murray Tough. See Murray bikes at JCPenney stores and catalog desks. And now, back to the show. The music in Rad was put together by James D. Pasquale. He was born in 1941, did a lot of great work for television. Things like Chicago Story, Hawaii Five-O, Lou Grant, and Columbo. Films in the 80s he worked on include One Crazy Summer, Armed and Dangerous, and of course, Rad. The soundtrack for the film was released on vinyl and cassette by Curb Records in 1986. It was very popular in my town. In 2014, it was re-released for digital download on the iTunes store, so if you're interested, you can get it. If you listen to the soundtrack, you'll probably recognize some of the songs. Probably the biggest one on it was Send Me an Angel by Real Life. That's part of the dance sequence I told you about. There was a song called Caught Up in the Crossfire that I don't think was on the soundtrack. And I'm not sure where you can get it nowadays. And it's a great soundtrack if you like 80s music. The film was distributed by TriStar Pictures, and it was released on March 21st, 1986. It had a budget of $11 million. They put that all on the screen, people. And it made, at the box office, 
just a little over $2 million, and it was panned by critics. The weird thing is it's still panned by critics, but people love this film. Case in point, go to Rotten Tomatoes, where it has a dismal 0% rating, and then go to see what people think of it, and it's in the 90%. It is not thought-provoking film, but it is a joy to watch, and people realize that and always give this one the thumbs up, me included. It was probably so popular and made its money back because when this thing came out on VHS and Laserdisc in 1986, it became a cult hit immediately. And you couldn't even go to the video store that I went to to rent and the one I worked at and get a copy of this because it was out all the time. Anyone who liked bikes at all, you find any 10 to 14 year old who liked riding a bike and they were checking this movie out at the time. I was lucky. I had a friend who had the ability to dub films. And he dubbed a copy, and we would watch it at his house trying to figure out how to do all the moves. And that's what it became. It became sort of an instructional video. Sadly, not the greatest instructional video because none of us were very good at any of these tricks. The weird thing about this movie is, for such a great movie, it's still not available on DVD or Blu-ray. I can't imagine that that can go on forever. Yes, you can buy copies of it online. People dub the VHS copy and some pretty good ones onto DVD, and you can buy them, but they're charging a lot of money for those. But there are places online you can find it. Occasionally, there'll be a theater that's kind of tongue-in-cheek showing it again. It's worth checking out. If you like 80s movies and you've never seen Rad, you're in for a real, real treat. If you haven't seen it in a long time, I think it would be a really good time to revisit this classic. I can't guarantee this, but I'm pretty sure after you see it, you'll want to run out, buy a BMX bike, maybe find yourself a sweet helmet, maybe white, red pinstriping, put a couple of pegs on the back, and show all those kids what you got. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. summer but can't like people look really cold very cold what was i talking about oh yeah this has been a retrospective production goodbye